Hi, I'm Miriam Burke. And I'm Eving McBride. And welcome to A Little Birdie Told Me, a podcast brought to you by rollercoaster.ie. Every week we'll be bringing you insights, advice and our own personal experiences, along with some great guests to help you, our listeners, navigate the ups and downs of pregnancy and parenting. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapour plug and nightlight, an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The Calpol Night Vapour Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapour Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label. In this episode, we're joined by fashion designer Emma Manley to discuss her experience of raising her three boys bilingually in English and Osgwelga, despite not being a fluent Irish speaker herself. From chats at the school gates to brushing up on her own grasp of our native language, Emma reveals all and offers some practical advice to parents who are interested but ultimately intimidated at the prospect of raising and educating their kids through Irish. So Emma, everyone knows you as Emma Manley, the designer extraordinaire, but you also are a mom of three boys and I I suppose what's a little bit more unusual about your home life situation is you are raising your children bilingually because Mm -hmm. your husband is a native fluent Irish speaker. That he is, yes. So was that always the plan? Was that always the intention or did it kind of gradually come about when you started having your first child and you were kind of thinking about how you would kind of incorporate I suppose your husband's love of the language and use of the language into your daily lives I I don't even think it was something that we didn't wait until we had Pike to discuss it or to like it's never actually been something that's been on the table to discuss if you knew Owen um and where he's from it's a beautiful part a Gaeltacht area in West Cork called Coulee 99% of the population speak Irish you know the first time I went down you know Everybody in the pub is speaking Irish. Everybody in his home is speaking Irish. It is their first language. Um, and it's such a huge part of who he is. And it's not, and I'm, I kind of feel like I, people don't understand this. It's not just the language. It's the culture. It's the music. It's the everything that comes with it. So for me, I am fully bought into it. I absolutely love it. It's like total immersion down there. Like when you go down... I try and, you know, speak my cupola fuckle, as people say, and I, I try and do all that stuff. And you just, it, it's so gripping. It's such a beautiful place to be and you, you want to be part of it. So do I want my kids to be part of it? Damn right I do. I feel like there's like five different threads of conversation that I want to touch on just based on that one sentence you said. <laughs> yeah. It was loaded. But I'm sorry. No, and it's amazing because I feel like there's so, it's so nuanced, this whole idea of, Irish and so learning Irish what Irish means to us as Irish people and what it actually means about our heritage about our loss of heritage because 99% of the population where your husband is from speak Irish fluently and it's their way of life but you know I was reading something the other day it's like a third of all Welsh people Wales is like a population of three and a half million people a third of those so a million people in Wales speak Welsh fluently and how did they manage to retain their language and heritage and we didn't to that extent but anyway, I just want to go back anyway go for it you yourself how were you in school learning Diabolical. Irish and did anyone in your family speak Irish no no like my, my dad would have English blood so it's not like it's it's kind of mad like if, if again if you knew me in school 
And I'm sure my friends, like, honestly, when I met Owen, I'd say they were just laughing, going, what on earth is going on here? Because I naturally wasn't very good at Irish. Um, I, I don't know why, like, as a creative person, I should be awesome at languages. I'm not. I think I was always in a Russian school anyway, but that's a, that's a different conversation. That was just me knowing what I wanted. I don't need Irish. I don't need French. I don't need business studies. I don't need anything. I'm just going to do my art and go off to college and I'll be grand. So I was terrible at Irish. And actually, funnily enough, I was sent to Clóis Sonorina in on Rhine in Waterford and I went, I went to Irish college there did you did you do the year there I did the year oh okay yeah. I just did the summer yeah. yeah so my eldest sister was sent for sixth class she excelled like she was amazing down there like I, I'm pretty sure she won like sports girl of the year all that kind of stuff then my middle sister Sarah went down got kicked out about five times but still managed to get to the end um <laughs> she was she was the bold one the middle child um but again, she had great Irish and then I went and I cried and cried and cried and cried and I cried so hard that my dad finally came to pick me up and said, right, this isn't for you. It just wasn't for me. I didn't and I'm not saying I didn't love the Irish part of it. I didn't love the boarding school part of it, but I wouldn't say that my Irish came on mm. in any way. Like I, all I know is like Emily Vaughan, Kate Shaska, though. And that was like <laughs> whenever there was a, a phone call for me that that was called out. Yeah. And I was Emily Vaughan. That's I. And it's not they do an amazing job there. I just wasn't responsive to it mm -hmm, at all. It mm -hmm. wasn't on my radar and I didn't want it to be. Well, that's, I mean, I'm really relating to this because I hated Irish in school, hated it. And I can still remember um, primary school, the, like my junior infants class with the words written, you know, Fuinog on the window yeah. and Doris on the door. And that's the Irish I remember. I don't remember anything else, but I do, you know, remember having to list off the Mokanilak and not understanding what it was. And just really resenting that. And mm. then going into secondary school, where this, uh, the curriculum kind of expected you at the time to be fluent. That's the way they were, the um, exams were mm. laid out. It's like, oh, obviously you can read a book in Irish and write about it now yeah. in Irish. And that's not see, I the would, way. I would totally agree with you. Like, I don't, I don't think, and again, this is probably, you know, a different conversation, but... I don't agree with the way it's taught and no. it's why I'm trying to relearn and relearn in a way that I am responsive to and which mm -hmm. I think most people will be responsive to. I would be the same as you. But that's the thing. I think that most people can agree that the way it's taught is just ridiculous. But and that why is, aren't that is the why don't funny that way. Yeah, like yeah. I'm, I'm the exact same as you. Like I would have been, I am good at languages. Like I did French and German for my leaving cert at honours level. Like I love language and I love, and I, as you're statistic saying, like I love like English, like I love words, but Irish just for whatever reason, it just never resonated with me. And then as I got to, like as I progressed and got into secondary school, I remember thinking to myself like, when was I supposed to learn all of this? Yeah. And I don't think that's necessarily a reflection on my teachers because they taught me very well in other areas. Mm -hmm. But it's, as, as you say, like there's just no functionality to the language. And I suppose with the language you have to, hear it you have to speak it and yes. it has to be conversational for you to retain any of it but I just feel like that's not there with Irish at the moment in schools we had, we had one teacher in fifth class who went out of her way to try and do more conversation with us and we really liked it mm. we finally felt like we were in it you know and learning and when you do have the little groundings like in junior infants yes. and you're learning the word Thuris and Fuinog yeah. they're still obviously the, the only two words I know um, <laughs> say them very well though. that's all that you matters do. well you see I'm from Galway I'm from Tum in Galway and Galway is obviously a big county and there's the girl tucked in there mm. and we used to go to Karna every summer where it was the same yeah. like in your husband's um, domain immersive Irishness and we absolutely loved it but we were going around feeling a little bit embarrassed for 
speaking English as because Irish you, because people. Because you couldn't have day-to-day regular conversations. Mm. Yeah, yeah. That's exactly it. And I remember sitting in the car going down to Cork. In th- these were back at, back in the days. Like I've been going out with Owen now for probably 10 years. So maybe eight years ago when I really got into it. And I would say, when we're going down to kool I want to speak Irish in the car. Mm-hmm. Because that's where we're going to practice. And he'd be like, right, here we go. <laughs> yeah. And I'd be like, erm, earth, er, er, he, er, in, er, if, er, who. And he would just look at me and say, what are you doing? That actually just and gave me a bit of PTSD <laughs> there. I was like, oh my God, I flashbacks. From it. Yeah. And he would say, that's that's not how you should be learning. He's like, talk mm. to me. And it, it's repetition, repetition, repetition. And that's why learning alongside the boys is amazing because I'm not sitting down. Like I've gone to Irish classes. Believe you me, I've done them. I mm. wanted to say my wedding speech in Irish. Never happened because yeah. I went to classes and it wasn't conversational stuff. Whereas now with the boys, I can talk about the weather. I can talk about the dinner and the table. I can talk about what I'm doing with my day. It's regular stuff and it's conversational. So when a conversation is happening, I'm starting to understand things. Like I may not be able to talk about, I don't know, say business things in Irish or whatever it might be, more Mm. highbrow things. Mm. I'm not able to do that yet, but I will get there because Mm. as the boys grow and start to talk about more highbrow things other than trucks and diggers and (laughs) dumpers, then I will, you know, and I think that that's the way it should be taught in schools because people will be so much more responsive to it. And you're not doing classes at the moment. So did you initially approach it via a classroom-based situation and now you've decided that you're just going to try and learn it as the the kids learn it? Yeah, so I did classes about six years ago um, maybe seven actually and I did it for a year and a half and I, it's not to say that I didn't learn anything I absolutely did mm. but for me again it was just it was almost like that PTSD like I'd be sat there going oh my god now we've got homework and there'd be all it, it, it just wasn't I wasn't enjoying it mm. and I want Irish it is a huge part of our family life it is a huge part of my life now and I wanted to enjoy it and I felt like I walked away with a knot in my stomach yeah and now learning with the boys it's just so goddamn natural. Because this is interesting for me, because just as I mentioned before we started recording, my husband went to Skolorkon in Monkstown and Kloshta Owen in Town. So he, his whole education, well, primary and secondary education were through Irish. And he has a massive love for the language. He's not from a, an Irish-speaking family mm. or a Gael, or an area, an Irish area, speaking area. But um, like well, well talked. Well That's talked. it. Got it. <laughs> Got there in the end. Um, you're going to start to see now why I have a bit of reluctance. But um, I have always felt like I don't want to have to take something else on. And, you know, I feel like as well, like you're a mum of three. I'm a mum of two. And, you know, we work. For me, I've always thought to myself, like, I don't want to have to take another thing on. And that's no reflection of my husband. I'm not trying to say there's like, you know, I'm doing everything, he's doing nothing. But it's that feeling of, yeah, I don't want to have to take another thing on. I don't want to fail at something potentially. And also, I don't want my kids to be speaking a language that I don't understand. You see, I I totally sympathize, right? And I understand everything that you're saying. But I think, again, you're, you're probably casting your mind back to how Irish was taught yeah and how you didn't grasp at it and mm. you, you you know you didn't succeed at it and you're thinking that you have to go back and do that again like for me and you know bearing in mind that Thaig is in Nínra so it's it's Montessori Asquelga yeah so I'm kind of trying to converse with the moon tours in the morning Asquelga so I'll, I'll I'll talk to them about maybe whether it be the lunch in his lunchbox or here's you know whatever whatever kind of communication you have to have with teachers I try to 
try and do it in Irish mm. and the hope is that they support you in that yeah. some of the parents are fluent Irish speakers some of them have not got a word of Irish and that's fine I do my best mm. and I try and learn alongside like so it's, it's really simple things at the start so am I fearful for what Gael School is going to bring yes slightly but the reality is is that I am the one who's going to be correcting the homework and I mm. want to be able to do it but I feel that if you start at the start with them there's so much that comes back like honestly the amount of knowledge that is in my brain about the Irish language mm. it's there yeah. but it's just kind of lying dormant sometimes yeah <laughs> and I think that it doesn't have to be that pressure of I need to be a Gael Gore in order to have my kids go through you know Gael school it's not like that at all it's as long as you're making the effort to learn alongside them like I'm pretty sure you probably won't know an awful lot about some of the subjects that they're doing because they're taught so differently now yeah mm-hmm. but you're not failing at them by not studying them in advance to your kids being taught them that is so true yeah it's like maths you know they yeah. like they, they use this different thing now with decimal called points. a calculator no <laughs> I, yeah no but there's like there's some like sort of like long division that i somebody was like oh this is the long division blasting i was yeah. like i don't understand that but even english um, like they have different ways of um t- uh, teaching the alphabet like yeah. with two phonics that I had no idea about mm. until my friend who's a primary teacher started doing it and it sounded like uh, a different language. I think all that. Yeah, 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 totally. But going back to, you know, you're learning alongside them and they're going to an Irish Montessori now, Nina, and presum- presumably you're, you've got in mind the school that they're going to go to for primary and secondary. Totally, yeah. Was that something that your husband was like, this is happening, no kind of... Or is it something that you no. you also wanted? I or was, it, was there a conversation it. about it? I wholeheartedly want it. Okay. And it's not like, I think sometimes people think that maybe own rules the roost because he's a Gwailgore and it's like, oh, well, he gets to, you know, have the kids speak in Irish. It's not like that at all. I am 100% bought into it. Um, I, I think that for me, as I mentioned earlier, I think that the Irish language brings so much more with it. And I think it opens their little minds up in a way as well. Like he gets English from all around him. He gets English every day from me, you know, first and foremost, from his granny Shishi, from his cousins who live on the same road as him, from, you know, friends who don't go to Nina. So he gets English. That's fine. I think the Irish language will only open his mind up and allow him to learn in a different way as well. So it's not something that I'm in any way against. I am so for it. And I think that, you know, the school in particular that we're, hoping that he gets into it's just such a beautiful community and it's people I feel that most likely have the same interest in us so you know again where Owen's from in Coulee it's it's steeped in so much Irish culture but particularly in traditional music and I feel that the people who go to this school you know probably really want their kids to play you know an instrument that lends itself to to trad music the kids probably all do Irish dancing there's all that kind of stuff that goes with it and I just think that's so much a part of who Owen is by osmosis naturally who the lads will be and why not surround ourselves with people like that because he's always going to have or the boys will always have the external influences all around them why not just give them that little moment in Gael school to just let their little minds flourish well like it's very trendy now as well oh I have to God. say <laughs> to, to send your kids to Gael schools and yeah. like even say where John went my husband went to school yeah. to primary school when our eldest Isabel was born she was probably, I'd say, three days old, and he phoned the school to inquire <laughs> about getting her in. Um, and then we were told when the first open day, so they've changed the rules now about yes. entrance or into primary schools. Yeah. You only apply the year before, which I think is much better. Oh, definitely. Um, but it hadn't changed then. So we marched, I would say, to the school on its open day, like maybe three weeks later, when Isabel was a tiny, tiny baby. And we sat in, and um, 
it was packed. There was like about, I would say maybe 200 and something parents there. I love hearing To that. get into, yeah. Fabulous. I think maybe 30 places. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so it's really popular. But it's really disappointing then for parents and kids who don't get in and then they want to have that Irishness and yet then they're still teaching it. The well, there's more, this is the thing. So like there's even since then another Gwale school has opened in the area and like where I'm from in South Dublin, I feel like it's not my heritage necessarily but it's very anglicized yeah um Mm -hmm. and fluent irish speakers are rare people you know wouldn't have necessarily a connection to the language Uh and but it somehow and even kula which is the local gaa club it's become so popular compared to what it was maybe like 20 years ago Mm -hmm. so it's definitely becoming more popular and parents are being facilitated by new Gwell schools yeah, opening. I think in our generation, there has been a revival for that. Like e- even mm-hmm. thinking about um, children's names, you know, we were talking about this a little bit before we um, started, but my, fo- uh, my son is Fionn and he has a, a like an English surname. And I kind of like that balance of yes. it being, you know, yeah. both o- o- kind of all of his identity yeah. in one, but then, you know, uh, it's still, not an, uh, not a usual name for outside um, Ireland. Well, this so, is the thing. So yeah. as, <laughs> as somebody whose name sounds completely different to how it's written, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> I so I have an Irish name. All my siblings have Irish names. My dad is from Northern Ireland. He's from Armagh. So I think Irish heritage and identity is very pronounced and important to people who identify as Irish who mm-hmm. live in the North. Yes. Um, so all my cousins in the north of Irish names, well, sorry, most of my cousins in the north of Irish names, the older cousins don't, but the younger do, which I think, again, is interesting because it shows that shift in, I suppose, popularity and, and how common yeah. it's becoming. Um, but yeah, like growing up with an Irish name in the like 80s, 90s, well, late 80s, 90s, whatever, it was a bit more unusual, I think. And like there was obviously all the Kiras and the Aoife's, but um as I've got older, like I find my name, it's to be quite honest, it's a pain in the arse. <laughs> and that's Aww. not me rejecting like Irish heritage or identity, or whatever. It's more the practicality. Yeah. So when I was having and my I kids. Do, I do understand that. But yeah. then equally, I'm like, how unique is it? I know, but it's very hard to be unique, Emma. But my, my, see, well, uh, my I'm, sister. I'm a plain old Emma. So see, yeah. like, it's, so, like, but it's so international. Yeah. Yeah. But my sister is Aoife. Mm. And uh she obviously like when she moved abroad had to explain her name all the time Mm -hmm. but she started to like it because especially when she went to university and mixing with different people from all over who also had names from their countries Mm. and she she actually started to really like it because it was like oh this is you know this is part of my Irishness but that's interesting as well because I find non-Irish people when they meet me they'll go like how do you pronounce your name and they want to know how to pronounce it correctly whereas yeah. Irish people think they know how to pronounce your name <laughs> and, and I get don't. called everything do you know well so, I actually and they wrote yeah. behind the name uh, for roller coaster, went part of our name series on Evine um, which is sometimes pronounced Avine and has don't about five or six or ten <laughs> like different spellings yeah yeah that's the thing. And like, even like when there's like, like when Evening Nisula won, um, won the Rose Tree, I was like, yes, we have somebody. <laughs> now in you're going to have your moment. Figure, <laughs> public figure who's going to shed light on this name. Yeah. But then we've got Avian Garrahi who spells it differently yeah. and yeah. pronounces it differently. And I'm like, oh, for God's sake. Um, but yeah, so when I was naming my kids, I went for Isabel and Theo. And I love the names, but I, I didn't want to go with Irish names because I just feel like it's you, you didn't very have a good relationship with them yeah but, it, I but, it's, but it's not even I don't I feel like people don't have a good relationship with them do you know it's like it's difficult for people to 
pronounce Irish names. But I think in the same way that, you know, Irish, like Ireland has become so much more diverse in terms of, you well, know, this is the true. nationalities that yeah. we have here now that I I often have to question people and say, sorry, how do you, how do you say your name? Or, mm. you know, how do you spell that? And I think that makes Irish people more open to questioning Irish people on their names as yeah. well. Yeah. You know, and it's kind of like with, say, for example, my only kind of experience with it will be with own surname. So he's own O'Sullivan. But sometimes people will say like the way you said Avine Ni- and I know it's Nihulavon because there's the H and all the rest of it but t- sometimes Sorry. Own will Sorry, say Emma. no that's perfect <laughs> but sometimes Own will say or people will say Own's name that way but I won't correct them because I'm kind of like that's they're making an effort to yeah. say it yeah. and that really pleases me or yeah. as we were saying before we, we came on air you know my, my third boy is Darach and yes okay I know how to pronounce it perfectly mm. I get that that's fine but you know my family even would still call him Darach and I'm like well, it's not actually his name. <laughs> it's Baruch. Yeah. And it's, it's I, like, I'm not going to stop people and say, you're, you're pronouncing my son's name wrong. I just think they say it, you know, with more and more times that I say it, maybe they'll pick it up. And I just, I think the names are, I like, not my kids' names. I think all Irish names are beautiful. And I love the idea of them. And I love the fact that, like, I'll never forget going, traveling on my J1 with um, my friend Siobhan and people just been like sorry what's your name yeah. Yeah. like they, they were pulling everything out of their arses to try and say like mm. they, they couldn't get it right mm. at all but I thought how unique whereas everyone was just like hi Emma yeah. <laughs> whereas she was that Irish girl with that big Irish name isn't that amazing and I was just Emma yeah. I love the idea of having something that's really unique it's and so interesting it, just hearing different yeah. perceptions mm. of it you know what I mean so like yeah. as a as an, a, a bystander like your experience of somebody with an Irish name versus yeah actually living it <laughs> yeah because um, well, you know I'm uh, my sister is my twin so we used to do a, a lot together growing up and I'm Miriam which is quite an international name you know it comes in different forms in every country yeah. basically and uh, she was Aoife as well so she had that like explaining herself try you know kind of even giving the history of it yes. in customs uh, yeah. between Canada and America one time they couldn't like these officers just couldn't get their heads around it was like what the hell is this you know and then trying to figure out how to say it but it, like again like, what it, do you mean what does it mean that's actually one that always got me because people be like yeah. and what does it mean and like it's like even can mean so many different like you can use it in different ways it can be used like is even lum like i love something or whatever and then or like is something it can be like it can be used to describe something as beautiful like like lol my (laughs) mom dad like let's call her all the adjectives that describe the most beautiful wonderful (laughs) child um but you know and like even trying to explain that you're like yeah kind of means love but it also kind of means beautiful you know like it's just you just are like oh my god why aren't i just called mary like this is so unfair well Eva (laughs) means um radiant beauty so it's probably that's like easier. You can just go with that. Yeah. But Miriam means bitter. Oh. Oh. Okay. Oh. So it's just like you definitely got the kind of <laughs> the nicer <laughs> name than I did. Um. I did not know that. I didn't yeah. know that either. All Mary, like it, it comes like from Mary, Mary. Yeah. And all names like that mean bitter. Yeah. Interesting. Lovely. Um, I'd be bitter too. Yeah. I was <laughs> the original Mary. But anyway. Um, but going back to this whole idea of heritage and you know identity like I touched on the you know Welsh language how it's still so widely spoken and so popular and I just I I wonder like where along the way did we lose it and do you feel now because you're in it you're living it and you're seeing I suppose the like the Gaelic revival 2.0 I suppose you know 
do you feel like it's going to it's it's coming back to a point where you feel like it'll be more widely spoken and we're going to yeah. see that the next oh generation yeah. are going to bring it forward a little yeah. bit and i i often wonder is it because i'm more immersed in it now because before i would have and it's not that i would have shunned the language or anything but it wasn't it wasn't on my radar i didn't really care for it whereas now i very much do um but i do feel that it is considered so much more highly than before um, and people do have a grow to, to learn more about our language and, you know, why it is or had been dying out. Whereas I think there's a massive revival now, like even in terms of when we we're talking about Gwail Skull and that there, you know, there's so many wh- where we used to live in Dublin 8. I remember at the time knowing that there were going to be 11 more schools on our radar by the time Thaig was going to secondary school. Now, we don't actually live there anymore, but 11 more in the vicinity is a huge number. And they're building them because there's demand. Mm-hmm. And again, maybe it's because we've so many more nationalities coming into Ireland and we're learning about these nationalities so much. We're eating more diverse you know, kinds of food in Ireland. If you look, if you go to your local Tesco, we don't just have the food we used to have. There's so much more there now. And it's like maybe people are going, well, what about our heritage? Mm-hmm. You know, what about our culture? What about our language? Why not bring bring that back? Mm-hmm. And I think it's amazing that we are having this moment in time. And that, like I just remember in school, it was very uncool to speak Irish. Whereas now I'm not saying when I'm chatting to my kids in Irish, I feel cool. Like I, I, I no more feel cool. <laughs> I think because, you should. Well, I, I just I feel awkward at times, but I'm proud of it Mm. and the amount of people whether I be in the shops or whether I be in a playground and if I'm talking to the boys in Irish the amount of people who will come over and say oh my god it's so beautiful to hear Irish being spoken again or oh my god I wish I had the confidence to and I will always stop and speak to those people who say I wish I had the confidence to to speak in Irish because I'll emphasize how I'm speaking like absolute baby Irish but I'm trying and I'm learning um and you know equally you'll get people who are sceptical about the fact that you're bringing your children up in Irish or through Irish and that's just look go on tell us a bit more about the scepticism oh but isn't it like in every area of motherhood or fatherhood whatever yeah um there's always going to be judgment in some Mm. way but I've had like an unmerciful amount of things said to me about it oh yeah like um I remember being in a playground one time and a lady saying do you not think that you will essentially stunt the growth of his language ability like English language ability yeah and I was kind of saying well actually research and you know you can pull all this stuff out of the bag and say research shows that children who were brought up bilingually actually go on to be better language speakers but also tend to have more creative brains naturally because they've been brought up that way so it's not that they were creative to begin with in in any way but you know Tyg was not that he was a different kid but he he was a little bit early so he uh, he came into the world when he was 36 weeks um and he would have struggled in some ways with things say for example putting on weight mm-hmm. um his gross motor skills were terribly slow like the child we would be in the playground when he was i would have been heavily pregnant on Deneen when he was 18 months old and i would be walking around with him on my hip and putting him on top of the slide and he'd slide down and then he would talk to you in both languages about how one day he was going to go up though that's the steps to the slide and come down and how much fun he was going to have in two languages at 18 months old but the child didn't crawl bummed and did not walk for another few months so he was that's the way he was um like danine is a different kid he climbs everything there's nothing that he's afraid of but his speech came later so then 
I think it's it's kind of different kids, their personalities as well. And I think like having that kind of case study, though, when people they have these detractors is is nice arsenal to have when they are coming at you, you know. Yeah. And then also another thing that I think is, is really important to say is I'm not producing children to go. You know, people will often say, like, would you not, you know, let them learn Japanese or would you not let them learn another language? Essentially, isn't which Chinese more useful? It, but that's it. It's, it's, a, a, it's useful the useful argument thing. is so. Um, and I, I feel like people think that that's the only argument, and I actually yeah. take such issue with it because even I though I don't speak Irish fluently, and at the moment we're not going to do the Guelph School, but like I'm feeling you're actually amazing. The, your propaganda is totally working. <laughs> <me>. I'm like, <laughs> maybe I should this rethink is why I'm here today. this. Um, John will be delighted, but. Um, it's yeah, it's that thing of like, well, there, it's not. There's no use for it. There's not. There's you know, it's it's, it's, it's not a language that people need, um, and it'll be of no benefit but to them. And why, like, why why would you put your child through learning Chinese? To essentially, what you're trying to say is that when they're older, that they're going to emigrate mm-hmm. and they're going to work somewhere for big money doing one of these big ass jobs. Let your kids be who they want to be. Stop forcing this stuff down their necks. And in the same way, like I've had this argument with somebody, and they said, "Well, you're forcing Irish down their ne- down your kids' necks," and I'm like no we're not it's something that's in our home that has always been in our home it's not something new that we're pulling out to make our children more useful to the world it's something that brings it's so loaded with culture and music and tradition that's why we're doing it i feel like there's a massive like it's it's nearly like this kind of post-colonial argument like Mm -hmm. and you can actually really like dig into it and think about like why are we so reluctant the royal we why are we so reluctant to really celebrate and nurture and revive who we are like the you know growing up in an anglicized english-speaking colony shall we say (laughs) this is now my dad's the northern irish thing (laughs) um you know as as an oppressed minority but um i feel like it's more I i find that really interesting and i don't know the answer i'm just posing the question of like what is it that makes some people so uncomfortable that they want to cling on to this kind of I suppose is it more kind of like posh quote-unquote version of Irishness rather than the actual that's, I, I would school. never have thought that but that's actually really interesting that yeah. you do say you know, that yeah um, and I think I, that, but there's different not that there's different versions of Irishness coming about but there are in many ways mm. you know like I think even down to say music so before now, there would have been traditional Irish music that people probably would have like yawned at, right? And said, oh God, I'm not into that stuff because listen to what's on the radio. You know, so we, we don't have a huge amount of Irish music coming through mainstream radio. Obviously, there's Radio Nagel that's amazing. But, you know, in other elements of radio, we don't have, have traditional Irish music. But now, there are actual bands that are singing Osgoelga. So it's kind of making it less scary, less, oh, what's that? People are afraid of what they don't know. And what they, like you were saying earlier, I'm not going to be able to, you know, correct my kids when they go to Irish school. Of course you can. You absolutely have the ability to do it. You're just scared of it because it's different. We are totally scared as, as a human being. We're, we're all scared of change. It's just a little bit of change. Do you know That's what I'm all. also scared about? I have to be honest, even though I go know some, some of my friends are going to send their kids to Guelph schools. It's the, it's the parents thing. It's the parents at the school gate thing. And I don't want to be one of the like, shit at Irish mums you know what I mean and I know that's that's this is all my stuff coming 
to a head. But like I would have had, I know, absolutely would have had that fear. I I will never forget Tyke's first day of Nina, and you know, like I'm still very much in the outskirts of the the Irish community. Like I see Owen go to wonderful things in in Dublin all the time. He'll go to whether it's the theatre in Irish or he'll he'll go to every Irish any kind of trad you know gig going and I'm sometimes I'll be there and I'll be trying my hardest and (laughs) feeling feeling awkward I don't feel awkward anymore because Mm. if I can speak Irish I will speak Irish but if I can't I can't and that's fine but I on the first day of Nina thought that everybody was going to be a kind of and all fluent and everybody from different Gaeltachs and then there was people like me and that made me feel really good and what was so funny was one of my um one of my good pals has her two kids in Nina as well and I remember having a conversation with her when this was outside of the whole kind of Nina sphere we were out for drinks with our girls one night and she was telling me of her concerns with sending her kids to a Gwale school because she didn't feel that she was fully able now bearing in mind that she's a teacher um, she her, her honestly her Irish is actually great she just doesn't realise that there's no confidence with her there yet in speaking it and I remember having this conversation with her saying you need to get over the confidence issue because that's where I struggled a lot like even sat at the dinner table in Owen's house where I wouldn't in places where I absolutely would have had the ability I wouldn't have spoken in Irish because I was mortified whereas now look I'm getting slowly but surely I'm getting better but with my friend I was saying to her just start just little teeny tiny things instead of give me your school bag even if you say give me your mollusculla stuff like that and her kids are gone on to, to a Gwale school now and she's so much more confident but she doesn't rock up at the gates and speak in Irish all day every day to the parents at all neither will I be however I would like to make the effort and think that I will try and it's just about you know but you're proving to your kids then as well that you are trying that it's good to try that yeah. you know people aren't going to judge you or think you you know make you try and you know feel silly yeah that it's it's good to try and that yeah, you know that can go across all subjects totally and I think that there is this massive like in between area you know we have our grail gores that's fine then we have the people who are totally anti-Irish and who don't understand why any of the Irish language we've spoken anymore grant that's your back whatever no judgment you know and then there's the people in the middle like me maybe Maybe like you, even one day when your kids go Who to Wales school. Keep, keep, talk, keep talking, Alan. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm going to keep trying. But, uh, but I think it's even like what I'm thinking as well is like, you know, from your husband's perspective, mm-hmm. like how mad for him to grow up in a Gwale talked. Gwale talked, yeah. Oh, Jesus, I'm like, what am I doing here? I'm like, this is this is my nerves. And I'm like, I cannot speak Because you words. know what? Before you came on air, you said Gwale talked a number of times yeah. perfectly. And, and then now I'm thinking like, yeah, am I saying it right? Am I saying it right? Don't worry. Um, but... You know, for him to then, did he move to Dublin for college or? or no, he when? went to Tralee initially. Um, so no, he, he he came to Dublin for a job. And was that kind of when he, so he would have done his, his college through English. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, and how does he find living in a like English speaking world having grown up? He loves the moments Irish. of speaking Irish when he can get yeah. them. Like it's it must a, be hard. It's like, absolutely his yeah. first language. So you'll often hear him on the phone to home, whether it's his brothers or his parents or whatever it might be. Or somebody in the Irish speaking community in Dublin, you mm. know, he would have gone to various different business events that would have been done in, through Irish. So he would always try and tap into it because honestly, for him, going out and having a pint with somebody who speaks Irish is just pure joy and he loves it. Mm. Um, so it's very much still part of his life. Yes, he's to, to live in an English speaking world, but he's been doing that for years. But in saying that, like when he moved to Dublin, he was living with his best pal who, you know, was from the next house over. 
and she's from an Irish speaking family so he had had that mm. so he will always make sure to tap into it and he absolutely needs his injection of Kool-Aid once a month he's on the road home doesn't matter how long the drive is you know um, and you know things like and as we were talking about earlier it's not just the language but he sings in Cork Kool-Aid so it's a it's a all male Irish choir um, and so they do everything from say mass on Sundays in Kool-Aid but equally, they've travelled all over the world. So I have dropped on to um, a little dinghy once before in Bantry. And the dinghy was taking him and the rest of the choir out to this big, huge cruise ship for them to sing to a load of Americans. And when he came back, he said that they were crying because Corcule will be known. Like, like, Did he get good tips? <laughs> I'm sure he did. He didn't share them with me But, you know, they've, they've travelled far and wide with that choir. It's yeah. known worldwide. That's amazing. And... Tyg is now the youngest member of it. So So it's adorable. Mm. And now he brings Tyg on those trips. So say, for example, they were in the Tradfest last year and they did a Corcoulet and Sean O'Shea gig. And anyone who's Irish, I think, knows Sean O'Shea. He's an absolute legend in in the in the Irish um, or in the trad world. And our deal was that Tyg would sit on the front pew in the pepper canister on my lap and if he so wished to get up because he did know the songs and I'm talking heavy songs here now this might go over your head maybe but the likes of Gillamar and you know really really old traditional Mm. Irish songs that are you know fairly heavy going and I just said to Owen don't push him like he has his shirt on so if he wants to get up on stage he can and it was agreed and lo and behold one song in Mommy, can I go up? Yeah, grand. Up on stage. And he did the whole gig with them. So it's it's kind of about that as well, where Owen gets his injections of Irish. Mm. And it's not just speaking the language of people, it's singing, which is a big part of, of obviously, his, his family life. And that's what he's trying to pass on to his boys as well. And I suppose now he's going to have that injection in the home mm-hmm. because the boys will be speaking to him. They only speak in Irish. So, okay. you know, that's and that's another thing. It's like how you how you actually go about bringing kids up yeah. speaking bilingually, which can be a bit of a minefield if you start reading too much about mm-hmm, it. But mm-hmm. I honestly think sometimes it's, it's simplicity is best. And yeah, you don't just really go with it. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And how did you find it when you were going down to Kule like the first time? So you're en route in the car. Like I'd be shitting it, to be quite honest. Oh, like <laughs> I needed to change my clothes when I got there because I was sweating so yeah. much. Because meeting petrifying. someone's family for the first time is daunting yeah. anyway, but oh, then yeah. to throw like non-comprehension into yeah. the mix. Well, the best part was we didn't go straight to his home place. We went to the pub. Okay. Yeah. So, and his mum came down to meet us and his brother was waiting there with his, at the time, girlfriend, his now mm. wife. And, you know, so that was great. A few pints, like grand. But like, it just, again, it was the nerves and me creating all of this in my mind about how it was going to be. And it wasn't that way at all. Yeah. Like, People are like, okay, Emma's from Dublin. And they might say to you, you know, do you have any Irish? And they'll say it in Irish. And if you kind of look a little bit blankly, then they'll start speaking to you in English. It's, it's like when you go on holiday and you try and use your like few phrases that you have in yeah. like France or Germany and they answer you back in English because they're like, you clearly don't have any comprehension. <laughs> exactly. But after a few glasses of wine, you are also fluent. like, that's yeah. true. I am absolutely fluent. You don't have to hear me. I'm on fire. Like, I think I am anyway. Yeah. You know? And now when you go down, do you just try and participate as much as possible? Like, will everyone speak Irish around you? Um, the dinner table usually in their house will be in Irish yes mm. but I know that they make a conscious effort when I'm there to, to try and speak English for sure but equally I kind of say to them sometimes will you speak in Irish and like I want them to speak Osgoelga to the boys mm. so the boys are only spoken to in Irish down there and it's funny because when they arrive you know Tyga will be like hi Nona can I go play in the show spree whereas by the end of the trip 
all of that sentence is in Irish mm-hmm. and he just takes a little bit of time to acclimatize and then in the car on the way home they're speaking way more Irish and then that lasts for a number of weeks at home and then another trip down and okay. it's that injection back in yeah so it's about constantly having that immersion like we understand we can't live in a Gaeltacht we are living in Dublin and that is our life but you can make efforts to get that into their life but not everybody has a Gaeltacht to go to but mm. that's what I was going to say and like despite the fact that we have um, Radio No Gaeltacht and Chichi Cahir Still, I don't think Irish is that accessible to everyone. You know, not everyone can go to a Grail school because, you know, for numbers reasons. I went to the, like, the normal primary school because, clearly. (laughs) But, you know, you think of some communities in Ireland where Irish is nowhere to be found, you know, because it's just not part of their life at all. Yeah. Yeah, and there's no... um, there's no enthusiasm around it. There's no kind, there's no, um, what's the word? S- people aren't encouraging it. Yeah, it's not energised in any no. way. Yeah. And I know that there is also and shock the Nogelga in, in schools, yeah. in all primary schools, but that's just not enough. But no, it goes back to the heritage nearly. Do you yeah, know what I mean? If, yeah. it, if it's not about, if, if it's like, there's no music, there's no, you know, way of life about it or yeah. like anything, any of the fun bits. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's then, not made interesting. Yeah, yeah. But I think, again, it's, you know, if somebody did want to have, like, I suppose little things that we would do, and, and bearing in mind that I'm incredibly lucky that we have a Gael talk to go to whenever mm. we want, and that we have own there to correct me, or, you know, even silly things, like, I might say to Tyke, oh, you know, that's not that's not a mummy lower, because the level of Irish in that book is just, it's too much for me, and mm. honestly, it's utterly boring when I read it to him, because I'm like, it's I'm so slow at it. But I do the same, we have a few Irish books, and I'm literally like, like and I yeah. and I'm monotone and also like murdering the words. Absolutely, the and I, I'm yeah. still very much like that with some books. But what I did was I went up to the um, bookshop up the road, and I got because the boys will be going to Irish school. I got the books that they teach kids Irish. Oh, that's with clever. In English schools, yeah. So they're actually some of his lowers in his lower okay. in his room. Yeah. So I'll be there reading them, and I'm not joking. Like it's shut e fifi, and it's it's. Like it's the most basic Mm. three word sentences, Mm. but he loves the pictures. I'm learning something reading them. You know, Radio Nagelthakta is often, I would say it's on in our house, like at least 75% of yeah, the time. Yeah, I was going to ask. So you 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 have it kind of on in the background. Learning by osmosis. And do you, do you watch uh, programs in Irish as well? Owen would watch TG Cahar like all the time, even all his sport. But he would watch. it's actually a really good channel as well. Oh, totally. It's got yeah. like they great They do cartoons shows. in Irish. So they do. Yeah. So yeah. the boys are pretty much only allowed to watch those like mm. we're kind of one of those awful houses that we don't really allow too much TV anyway. Oh no, do you know what you're dead right? It's, it's actually mm. like rots their brains. Yeah, I just don't like the, the zombiness. But anyway, that's again another <laughs> another conversation. But what I do is when they are watching TV, that we will put on the player on TG Cahir because there is a like there's so many different shows on there in Irish. And isn't it great that they have that as well? And Tyke has never once turned around and made a reference to the fact that that's Osquelga. Mm. he's never so he doesn't understand the difference no so he just sees in his eyes there's two words for everything or there's two ways of saying everything like in the early days he used to say like when my mum would have him out for a walk and she'd say oh Tig, look at the tree and he'd say in our tig we say crown and she'd say okay and then she'd say you know listen to the birds sing in our tig we say ain and he gets it it's just 
that's how we say it. You say it different, but that's okay. It's but not also a different like language. if you if you if your like partner is from a different country, you're mm-hmm. definitely well not definitely. I'd say like ninety nine percent of people would bring up their kids bilingually, and there's no conversation about it. It's yeah. like oh, you speak French at home, cool. Yeah. You know what I mean? And then Absolutely. it's like to say you speak Irish at home, people are like, what? Yeah, that's it. Like, how do you do it? So I I totally that's get what you're retro, saying. Yeah, is or what like, people think retro. retro but I'm really? I'm hearing it in Dublin more and more. You know, obviously, well, like I'm from Galway, and there yeah. is the girls so going to Galway City um, you, you know you would often have heard people like speaking Irish around the place and mm. it was normal and I actually loved that and I felt a bit jealous that I wasn't one of them mm. but also hated learning it so you know there's always that uh, balance, balance. Yeah. but I'm seeing I'm hearing it so much more in Dublin so now so am I yeah um, f- big time families and kids you know I doing it both areas as yeah. well that, that are really really like have a really strong kind of Irish speaking culture there um, but even I noticed myself and my mum actually when we started bringing the boys up Oscar mum started saying I was in Tesco earlier and there was another family speaking Irish and I'm like yeah mum like we're not the only ones in Ireland doing it <laughs> yeah. and she kept pointing out I walked by somebody and she said you know whatever it might be to her kid and I was saying to her like it's not unusual because we live in an area that there are a number of Gael schools so mm. it's not totally unusual but whether her ear has tuned into it more yeah, I don't yeah, know yeah. but she definitely hears it more and now she starts speaking some words in Irish which is amazing mm, and oh. she will try her best with the boys you know and that's lovely to see as well mm. yeah and their English cousins do too oh really which is yeah yeah which is hilarious <laughs> whenever my sister comes home <laughs> she'll be saying to her two boys you know she, she teaches them like little words here and there and yeah. like you know she puts in the effort that way which is quite sweet yeah but like that is also an interesting point there's a massive revival going on in other countries where you know there's obviously a massive irish population in the uk mm-hmm. and in america and you do hear of people who are taking lessons or teaching their kids or even like you know there's like gaa clubs like you know like just yeah, even yeah. things like and it's that kind of idea again of like it's not solely about what you're speaking it's about you know the identity of like the sport and absolutely yeah you know music whatever else and i think um, when you get that comprehension it, it makes it kind of takes the fear off a little bit absolutely because you know there are people who just aren't good at languages and they're like how could i learn irish when i'm just i don't have you know an ear for languages but because it's more than that because well a lot of irish people have more than they think you know back in their brains as we were saying with Fuinig and the Durris and the <laughs> and and Dion I always knew how to say that um so Emma like I suppose to finish up your top tips so classes not necessarily it's just small tiny little steps that you can take to to kind of I suppose either bring a bit of Irish back or even learn Irish if you've never learned it before it's just slow and steady totally and I think that there doesn't need to be a pressure on you like I'm putting zero pressure pressure on myself um yes you don't have a goal like you're not going like year by year going by this year I want to have conquered like past tense or whatever my only goal is that Tyke doesn't surpass me and I, I do worry sometimes that mm. he is starting his abilities in, in with language. He he just speaks it so much more beautifully than I do already, which That really is a thing with Irish me. speakers. Like my husband will say, They have beautiful Irish. Oh yeah. yeah. And you know somebody when they've beautiful Irish. Yeah. It's just it's like it's music to your Which also amazing. makes me think like I'm just not gonna But again, this. that's just the confidence. I know. Thing, and that's why I know. This you, is like a therapy to, session. You just yeah. have to <laughs> drop it. I honestly my, my biggest tip would always be that 
just start speaking it. I, as I said, I was petrified with Nina and everybody speaking Irish. But now after Nina every day, the kids go out and they have a little run around and the parents are there. There's some parents who have great Irish who I will absolutely try with. And they try so hard with me as well, which is amazing. Mm. But I converse with Tyke when he's doing it. If I want to tell him, you know, there's gone no made fuck and whatever. And that's fine. He knows two minutes left. That's it. I'll do those little bits where I can. And then next year I'll be able to flesh out that sentence Mm -hmm. and then the year after I'll be able to and so my only goal is that he doesn't surpass me and that I'm learning with him Um, and I think you know there are other things to be said for learning by osmosis whether it be having Radio Nguyen on in the background obviously if you're going to have Telefish to have TG Cahar on is like amazing and you can immerse yourself in those ways but it's just the general things and if if all you do is that you refer to things like your Moleskulla and your AD and the Fwinog and the Duras <laughs> and that kind of thing. If that's all you do, that's okay. Mm. Yeah. Because you're actually just normalizing it and yeah. you're, you're not making this big hullabaloo about it. Nobody expects you to have perfect Irish when you're learning. Nobody expects you to have perfect anything when you're learning. Like mm. it's, it's, all, it's all just about having the confidence to try. Yeah. And then your kids will bring you along. Yeah. I think it's important that you to kind of stress what you said that it doesn't have to be perfect yeah mm. like I remember seeing on your Instagram page when we were doing the when the it was census time yeah and you ticked the boxes in Aww. like I, I remember that being emotional tingles. for you yeah and thinking you must have felt just so proud that you were an so, Irish speaker yeah. so proud yeah. That, yeah that was what our home was doing yeah mm. and, and you said that in the post you're just yeah. like this is the first time I've been able to do this and it's just such a, it's kind of mo- monumental for your family totally. and I just like I thought to myself in that moment I was like oh, I would actually love that too yeah. and do you know what it is it's just it's like with anything that you learn at the heart at the start it's really hard it mm. is like it, you're mm. not going to lie about it it's hard because you're getting over the confidence issue you're getting over you know the language barrier with some people whatever it might be but it that whatever you put in at the start when you get to a year down the road and things are just that little bit easier, you just go, that wasn't a struggle at all. That was mm. grand. Mm. And then you get to this point where you, you're sat there and you're filling out your family census mm. and you can tick that box. Like that was, it was a hugely proud moment for me. And it's something I will say time and time again, I am not a Gael Gore by any stretch of the imagination. I still massively struggle, but I'm learning and I'm trying. And the boys, I know, like they, they we still have moments where they laugh. Like, you know, there's been so many times where I've said, oh, you know I'd, I'd, I'd be talking about a fly that's on the window but Kalach and Kalog to me are two very similar words and I keep getting them mixed up so I keep telling them that there's a witch in the window <laughs> and they're like mummy it's Kalog and I'm like oh shit I said Kalach again so like I, we still have moments like that and mm. that's fine and I know they're going to correct me you know and they will for the rest of their lives and that's grand I want them to correct me because mm. it's going to help me you know mm. I'll get there well, who knows, Emma, this has been enlightening <laughs> and very informative. And maybe by the next census, I'll be ticking the box that says we all speak Irish home. If you yeah. do, I will be so <laughs> proud of you. <laughs> so goddamn but proud. Thank you so much for coming thank in you. today. Thank really you for having me, guys. It. Appreciate it. Gurbaga. Aww, the See, I'm trying. Thanks so much for listening to this episode of A Little Birdie Told Me. If you enjoyed it, we have so many other amazing episodes for you to go back and listen to wherever you get your podcasts. And while you're there, make sure to like us and hit subscribe. Don't forget to tune in again next time. Is your child restless this winter? If so, then try using a soothing Calpol vapor plug and nightlight. 
an electrical plug-in device that emits lavender and chamomile vapours to soothe and comfort babies and children, helping to promote clear and easy breathing for up to eight hours. The nightlight emits a soft light to help comfort your child and guide you in the room so that you don't disturb your sleeping child. The Calpol Night Vapor Plug and Nightlight is suitable for children from three months. Calpol Vapor Plug and Nightlight is an electrical device and non-medicine. Always read the label.